I'm two for two on not turning on my microphone. Good morning, Grace people. Well, as you have heard, today is Pentecost Sunday, and today we celebrate uh, the Holy Spirit being given to Jesus' disciples and consequently to us because we're Jesus' disciples. So that is pretty awesome. But the weird thing about it is that the Holy Spirit has become like advanced Christianity for a lot of people. It's like Christianity 401 or master's level stuff. It's like, okay, once once you get the basics down about Jesus and the Father and the Son, maybe, maybe we'll let you in to know about the Holy Spirit. Does anybody ever feel like that? Like, yeah, maybe one day you'll get it, right? Uh, well, good news Uh, The Holy Spirit was always intended to be Christianity 101, ground floor, basic level stuff. So today, uh, really, what we're going to have is Holy Spirit 101. Does that work? All right, and some of you who think you're going to be bored during this, just somebody elbow them about halfway through. There'll be something for you too. All right, so uh, in Acts 19, I'm going to start there. We've got the Apostle Paul And he's on his preaching tour, you know. Uh, He arrives at Ephesus, and there he found, so this is directly out of Acts 19. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Which, I'm thankful we're not one of those Lutheran churches who would answer the same way. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that that is, in Jesus. Well, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Bam! Right there at the beginning. The expectation was that if you are in Jesus, if you are in Christ, You have the Holy Spirit. This is not intended to be advanced someday stuff. So uh, when we look at the Holy Spirit, you know, right then it was like people spoke in tongues and prophesied right away. I'm not going to expect that to happen in this room right now, though I've seen it happen and it has happened and that's okay. We do believe that the Holy Spirit still does work in that way. But I want to make sure that if you're a part of this church, that you not only know about the Holy Spirit, but you know the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be a church that's about the Father, the Son, and the other one. You know? um, and we don't want to be uh, Binitarian rather than Trinitarian, just having a Father and Son without the Holy Spirit. Because uh, one of, the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity and is such a gift to us. So uh, lastly, when I'm, I'm thinking about this, you know, I want, and my, my prayer really in preparing for this is that'll be more than just information, but that the Holy Spirit will bring transformation into your life. So to that end, I'm going to just pray again for us right now. Holy Spirit, you are present in this place. Speak into our hearts. Speak into our lives and illuminate for us who you are so that we can live in you and our lives may be lived with your, your power flowing through us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
I'm kidding. Somebody's like, shortest sermon ever. That works. So here we go. Holy Spirit 101. I'm going to go Baptist style on you. I've got a whole bunch of words that start with the same letter, and that letter is P, uh, which reminds me of a story. Johnny was in school, and he really had to go to the bathroom, so he raised his hand, and he said, may I go to the restroom? And the teacher said, sure, just real quick, though, recite your alphabet, and then you can go. He goes, okay, A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. The teacher said, that was great, Johnny, but where's the P? He said, running down my leg. Uh, so the first P, God's presence. Everyone say presence. So this is a thread that we can run all the way through Scripture, starting at Genesis 1. The Spirit, God's Spirit, hovered over the waters at creation and ordered the chaos. As we move into Exodus, we see God's presence leading the Israelites with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud of smoke during the day. His presence is there with them. And God dwelled, uh, when we look in Exodus 25, we see God dwelling on the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. He says, God says, have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. That's in verse 8 there. Even then, uh, when God was dwelling in their midst, he was in the innermost room of the tabernacle uh, called the Holy of Holies. Well, eventually, Israel got established. They were no longer a startup anymore. They were a full-blown country with a king. Uh, and Solomon built a temple for the Lord. And the, the Ark of the Covenant was still present there also, again, in the Holy of Holies, in the place where really only one priest, the high priest, would go in once a year. And it's, it's uh, said that when he went in, they would tie a rope around his ankle, because if he entered into the Holy of Holies and the, the greatness, the grandeur, the awe, the wonder, the majesty of God uh, may have been so great that he would just die on the spot, they weren't going to go in after him. So he'd have a rope tied on him so they could just drag him out. That's terrifying and amazing, but it shows such reverence for God. Well, fast forward into uh, the New Testament and we see at Jesus' baptism that God's spirit rests on Jesus. The Holy Spirit rests on Jesus. And God says, uh, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then we fast forward to the end of the Gospels. And if you didn't know that thing about uh, what I said earlier about the Holy of Holies and the curtain being there, this is a detail that would totally escape your reading and you wouldn't even know why it's written in the gospel, why is this important? That the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom when Jesus died. Well, this symbolically gave access to the Holy of Holies. God was doing a new thing. There's going to be this new, uh, this different way that God is present with his people. And we see in Acts 2 that this spirit that the disciples have been waiting on, because Jesus said, hey, wait on the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. Well, he shows up. At Pentecost, it happens. And here we are in the age of the presence of the Spirit, the presence of God with us, that, he's indwell that he lives with the, the, the Holy God, the same one that was in a box where they tied an ankle around. He's like, you're going to die, dude. We'll get you. Don't worry. He lives in you. He has made his home in and with you, that same spirit, that same presence. So we're in a new place, and that's amazing. So that's God's presence. The second P is God's, Holy Spirit is God's power. Say power. power. 
I love, you even flexed. That was awesome. All right, the beginning of Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them, Jesus did, and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, the evidence. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's this power that is in the Spirit. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples in that room in tongues of fire and it gave them the power, enabling them to speak in different languages for all the people who were uh, in Jerusalem for that feast. Irina, I'm going to have to ask you if I say it right. Sukkot? Sukkot. The, the celebration that Berta was talking about uh, with the law celebrating the Ten Commandments. So all these, all these different Israelites were there gathered together, and while they were there, the Holy Spirit did this. And, and 3,000 people were baptized that day. So in that baptism, we see the power of salvation. The Holy Spirit is bringing people from death into life. And I love the way that Pastor Darren has uh, put it before. That if we're, if we're in conversations that we have, uh, just said, if you're dead, you can't do anything. You have no power to save yourself. You can't decide to get up and, and just like, okay, I'm going to get up. There has to be an external work, some alien force, something that is not of you that comes to bring you to life. And that's exactly who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does when he brings us to faith. If you are uh, in this room right now, it is by the work of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, it is by work of the Holy Spirit because you cannot have salvation apart from the Holy Spirit because he's the one who leads you there and brings you to life. The Holy Spirit is God's life-giving power at work. So that's the Holy Spirit as God's power. Um, I'm deciding where I want to go. I'm going to go to, I'm going to stick with it. Holy Spirit is God's peace. God's peace. This is from John chapter 14. These are Jesus' words. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then Jesus continues on uh, verse 25, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Those are Jesus' words to his disciples. Have you ever doubted that God is with you? Have you been worried uh, that maybe this world is beyond saving? 
Or have you wondered whether God is even paying attention anymore? Well, the Holy Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus has said, including leaving his peace with us, which uh, if the Holy Spirit is going to remind us of what Jesus said, right, that's a great reason to know what Jesus said, so you can call it to mind. Uh, But this place of peace, peace I leave leave with you, it's something that I think I just want to pause on because I think there's, as, as I look around and as I experience the world, uh, I see a lot of anxiety. Um, there's a lot of just overwhelm, I think is a good word for it. Not being able to handle uh, all that the world is throwing at us. And the, the news cycle does not help. Um, but even in our personal lives, there are so many things going on that just feel out of control for so many people. That it's good to be uh, reminded that Jesus gives us his spirit to be with us, to be our advocate, to be our helper. Uh, The Greek word, you might have heard, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. That's the one who goes along with you. It's the one who goes alongside of you. Uh, That the Holy Spirit is with us. So we're going to take some time before we're done here uh, to pray into God's peace. Uh, But I want to move on to... uh, the last P, which is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to proclaim, to proclaim, to proclaim the good news until he comes again. And in fact, we will be doing that uh, shortly at the table here. We've got Jesus' body and his blood. And every time we tell, uh, we celebrate this, we tell the story of his death and resurrection and life we get to have through him. That's a proclamation. But uh, it also doesn't stop there. We all get empowered to proclaim, to share what, is, what has God done in your life? That's the mission. That's the m- part of the make disciples of to be and make disciples is to share the story, to testify to what you're doing. Uh, John 15, 26 and 27, Jesus says, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And that's a word that Jesus speaks to his disciples then. And I, I do believe it's a word that he speaks to us today. That uh, we must testify, for he has been with us. So if you've been with Jesus, if you know his presence, his power, and his peace, uh, the Holy Spirit is still with you, enabling you to proclaim. And some days that's going to be harder than others. Yeah. Um, but that's what happened to the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Peter, uh, when, when it was overcome with the Spirit, everybody's like, what's going on? And he just all of a sudden busts into this sermon. He's like, here's what's going on, guys. Uh, long story short, this Jesus whom you crucified is alive. And 3,000 people were baptized that day. That's wild. And I pray that we will respond to uh, God's word similarly. They'll respond to his spirit moving in us. And really the way to respond, it's funny, because at the, at the end of a sermon, like, you know, if they teach you real well how to do sermon, it's like, here, you tell them the people the stuff, and then you give them the thing to do, right? And it's funny, because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, there's not a whole lot to do, uh, because all we can do is receive. We just receive. Just like Paul at the very beginning in his Christianity 101, uh, he laid hands on the disciples, and they, they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do 
is uh, we're going to pray that he would fill us. And, and specifically, I'm going to lean into him filling us with his peace. Because um, I think we can use that. So let's, let's uh, as Pastor Bill told me after the last sermon, the fifth P, let's pray. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your power. And fill us with your peace. At times, you know, God, to us, the world seems like it's a dumpster fire. And yet you are making all things new. You are recreating all the time. And the Holy Spirit is doing that. It's making dead things new. Making dead things alive. Making old things new. We pray for that today. Pray for new hope to be birthed within us. Holy Spirit, help us to be confident in your salvation. Help us to speak words of life that you give us. Help us to rest in the promises of Jesus. Peace. I leave you my peace, I give you not as the world gives you peace. But as I do. We receive that peace from you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will direct each heart in this room as you would to whatever those, those next steps in life in you will be. Because you know us each intimately and individually. And I pray that as you know us, you will lead us, you will direct us. And as we continue our worship of you, along with the Father and the Son, may we be moved into your peace so that we may proclaim Christ in your power. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.